Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's like the directions on the shampoo bottle, right? Lather, <laughs> rinse, repeat. Yes. So, But side note, you actually don't have to repeat. It's actually better for your hair to not repeat. So just throwing that out there. Okay, but then why do they put repeat on the bottle? So you use more so you have to buy it again sooner. Oh, marketing. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're good to know. So all you ladies out there that knew this and are now laughing at me for that, you know, I totally understand that. So thank you. Especially now that women do the whole, like, I'm going to try to go three or four days without washing my hair thing. The shampoo companies are like, well, when you do finally wash it, rinse and repeat because your shampoo's lasting longer because you're not washing your hair as often. Okay. Well, you know, you learn something new every day. So welcome oh. into P-Squared, your weekly hair update, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You know, we just throw out all kinds of tips, you we know. Really, we really do. I try to be funny, and then all of a sudden I just get kind of smacked down. Like, yep, that's what's happening. <laughs> awesome. Good to know. Uh, so, no, weather-wise, that is happening, but I just wanted to give you the hair tip. No, no, I, and, and, I, and trust me, I appreciate it. Somebody that has very short hair, um, I wash my hair every day, so maybe it's not really the best thing for me, but uh, so be it. Anyways, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, the rinse and repeat that we are talking about is it looks like it's another shaping up to be another really bad stormy Sunday in the South. Um, yes. you know, we talked about last Sunday and we talked about our special episode earlier this week. Um, tornadoes prevalent across the South, long track tornadoes, a handful of deaths, but Bonnie, it's, it's looking like it's a repeat again. And today, uh, it's a little bit further South in the South but very much still in the same area that we were looking at last Sunday. Yes, and across all of those same states, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, all of that, all the same same areas. And last week, I think the total tornadoes was, was 124, I believe is what I saw. And so hopefully we don't have that much of a repeat. But yeah, it's the same. It, it's deja vu, literally. Um, you know, conditions are extremely favorable. There is a warm front that is ext- uh, extending literally from the uh, eastern side of Texas all the way out to the Atlantic Ocean, cutting right across the states you just mentioned. And mm-hmm. probability for tornadoes is pretty high and not just basic tornadoes, but pretty strong tornadoes as well. So um, the SBC briefing this morning said, you know, possible EF2 or stronger tornadoes are forecasted obviously we don't know what areas we have a general sense of you know maybe this this you know you know region will see that but um you know the threats are all there right the wind threat the hail threat Mm -hmm. uh tornado threat obviously so if last week didn't catch you off guard hopefully this week won't catch you off guard as well but it's just coming back together again and man these folks can't catch a break it's rough. It's like they're still in the midst of cleanup and sorting things out. And then here comes another wave, basically. And so I just can't even imagine that. Like, 
having damage to your house, whether it's minor or major, and then having that possibility of it happening all over. Yeah, I, I can't either. And it's just kind of like discouraging and and awful. It is discouraging. And, you know, our hearts do go out to them. We talked about. You know, on our show on Wednesday that, you know, there were there were a lot of deaths from this. And, mm-hmm. you know, but we think, you know, there's probably also a lot of lives saved because we are home, you know, having to take care of ourselves amidst, you know, COVID-19 and dealing with the uh, effects of the coronavirus. But uh, again, that stuff comes into play today. Again, if you don't know where your shelters are, please take a minute to find out. Take your personal protective equipment with you. Um you know, I, I think it's kind of come down to the point now where I think people realize that they would much rather run the risk of maybe mm-hmm. being exposed to that versus dying in a tornado. Yeah, 100 percent. And I would still stand by my thoughts of dealing with the immediate threat first. Yes. Which would be in today's case, the severe weather. So, I mean, like you said, take your personal protective equipment with you. I mean, even if it's a bandana or whatever that you're putting over your nose and mouth, I mean, do something and check and see what shelters are open and what aren't because some of them aren't open at all. And hopefully between last week and today, you've already done that. But if not, do it now. Well, it's just taking that moment to be prepared is what it boils down to. Just having a plan in place. Um, You know, again, have your phone fully charged if you can. Have access to a TV or a radio or a weather radio. Uh, knowing where your storm shelter is, knowing how to get there quickly if you have to. Just taking that extra few minutes to be prepared will help you stay alive. It will keep you alive, and you will be able to, you know, in the event you do have a tornado, hopefully survive. So take a moment, just kind of look around, figure out what you need to do, where you need to go, and then you can go about your day. Right, exactly. And that's the best thing because it's not going to storm the entire day. So still do your thing, but just... Be aware of what's going on around you and when you're in the line of fire and that way you can, you know, be prepared. And that's the biggest thing in severe weather is to be prepared always. Right. So let's take a look at the the first initial wave of threat. So we're in it this morning uh, and early afternoon as we progress and then through tonight. So um, the biggest threat right now is large hail. Um, Mm -hmm. The upper upper atmosphere dynamics are there to support large hail. So we're getting the updrafts that are keeping, you know, these hailstones suspended in the clouds, gathering more moisture, and eventually they just get too heavy where they they fall out. But yeah. that transitions from that area of, you know, eastern Texas and Oklahoma, um, the Arklatex, Arkla, um, Arkansas into Louisiana. And so that's the main threat this morning for that region. Now we start to shift to the mid part of the south so we're talking about eastern louisiana parts of alabama and mississippi and you know the florida panhandle southern tennessee southern kentucky that's where you're starting to get the tornado threat because you've lost the support for necessarily the huge updrafts you're still going to have that with the rotation but we now start to that you know transitions from a hail threat to now more of a wind threat with tornadoes Right. And I mean, everything's already kicked off this morning um, and early afternoon. Like you said, there's a bunch of severe thunderstorm warnings going on in Texas and Louisiana right now. Tornado watch there as well. Um, I haven't seen a new tornado watch for anything further east from there issued yet. If it's not, it will be soon, I can imagine. But yeah, definitely it's the same setup as last week and same timing. And so Mississippi, Alabama, early afternoon, evening is what you need to be watching out for. And so that's 
I mean, things are starting to get going, so. Right, and then we make that final transition from the tornado threat to more a straight line wind or a wind event uh, Mm -hmm. as you get, you know, out of Mississippi and Alabama into Florida, and then, you know, again, southern Tennessee, eastern Tennessee, and then parts of South Carolina and North Carolina where, you know, the storms have kind of gone through their cycle, and now they're starting to get that, the wind threat where you get the bow effect. So, right. You know, it's that's still equally as dangerous as hail and tornadoes, because when you have gusts that are hurricane force, it's going to do some damage. A hundred percent. And storms like to do that. You know, eventually they line out into a big squall line and, you know, tornadoes come out of that, though, as well. They did last week. They have here a bunch of times and those are still not fully understood as how those tornadoes come out of a line like that. And so that's also something to be aware of. But even if that doesn't happen, like you said, the straight line winds can be just as destructive. And because it's just such a sudden, strong gust, things go flying, you know, trampolines and windows break out and lawn furniture is in the neighbor's yard, three houses down and stuff like that. So, I mean, yes, tornadoes are a big threat, but definitely straight line winds are just as bad. So that is our severe assessment threat for this morning and then this afternoon and then into evening. But, uh, Bonnie, when we look at the atmospheric conditions, like we said, we know that there's this warm front that stretches from Texas all the way to the wide of a region under a you know, a potential watch or warning. Cause when I saw the SPC map, you know, the last couple of days, I was like, okay, it's kind of a bullseye. And then now it's really elongated out to cover, you know, these eight States. Yeah, no, this is definitely a big region to be under such a high threat. You know, usually it's the slight risk covers the large area and then the enhanced and high within that is a little bit of a smaller section. And so for this to span across four or five, six States like that, and then, and get bigger, you know, like it wasn't quite that big. And then as of this morning, it had been expanded quite a bit. So yeah, that's not something I see very often, you know, and if you look back, especially in my section of the country, it's usually like that small oval or the smaller, like you said, bullseye kind of a situation and not this big, long hot dog shaped <laughs> that's high idea. risk across like a, a fourth of the country, it feels like. No, and I mean, in, in just even the general thunderstorm outlook for today stretches from eastern Oregon mm-hmm. all the way, you know, down across the plains into the south and then kind of up the east coast seaboard. So there's a lot of unsettled weather that's going to take place today. Um, obviously, the big story is going to be in the south. That's where we're expecting the strongest storms. And, you know, if anything is a repeat of like last Sunday, um, you know, Storm Prediction Center and National Weather Service have done a really good job in identifying the areas to see you know, the biggest storms. And like we said, if it repeats, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, the storm reports overlay top of the maps because, you know, they've been so, you know, spot on recently that, you know, if, if they issue these, you know, people need to start really paying attention to them. Yeah, exactly. And it just seems like the last, I don't know, you know, 10, 20, 30, outlooks they've issued have been spot on and it's just getting more and more accurate so yeah like you said if they've put you in a high risk area you're in a high risk area it's not a if maybe eh, meh, like no you are like that is because they have been getting it right every time it feels like so I agree that you need to really take notice if they've put you in that kind of area 100% well, let's talk a little bit about the setup for this because, 
you know, when you and I had talked last week, we had said, you know, there's a number of systems that are going to start moving across the country from west to east. We're going to have the cold air entrenched already. We saw that play out midweek. Um, you know, I want to say, you know, Wednesday, they, you know, were showing the maps of like, you know, middle of Kansas where in Wichita it's 75 degrees and yet 10 miles away, it's, you know, 31 degrees and snowing. Yes. And that... That is crazy. The the changes across such, you know, relatively small areas. And we were definitely in that cold area. We were pretty cold the entire week um, here in Oklahoma, warmer in the afternoons. And then if it would get cold in the evenings and mornings and stuff. But um, I think that it's just that transition of the seasons right now across the entire country is making is is bringing this on, you know, just like every year. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Right. You get snow, you know, from Denver across the northern parts of the plains into the Mm -hmm. Great Lakes. Chicago saw snow. My relatives in lower central Michigan saw snow. Detroit saw snow across to Cleveland and then through Pennsylvania uh, and then across, you know, parts of New England. But you look at the you look at the calendar, you're like, okay, this would be a pretty cool setup for December or January or February, but not April. Right. Right. Exactly. And and we feel the same. We had snow early week and some parts of Oklahoma had actual measurable snow covering the ground and all of the things outside, cars, trash cans, lawn furniture, everything. So, um, yeah, definitely confusing and makes you check the calendar because you're like, what, what, what part of the year are we in right now? Right. And you have mentioned that you guys see this, you know, pretty frequently. Um, you know, winter's last punch or winter's, you know, one, two punch as you come out of, you know, winter into spring. But, um, you know, the amount of cold air that was entrenched across the northern two thirds of the country, you know, I mm-hmm. honestly was surprised that we didn't see, say, more severe storms in the boundary layers where, you know, the warm Gulf air and this really cold air met. It seemed to be pretty stable for the most part. But again, we get a day like today where obviously that's not going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I just think that this is where the more unstable air is. This is where more moisture is is down here, closer to the Gulf. And I think that's why this is a more favorable area right now. And this is their typical severe weather season and tornado season is March and April and into the beginning of May and then it starts to shift West and that's when we come in. And so this is definitely their norm. And so hopefully this area of the country is used to it and knows, okay, this is our time. This is when we need to be paying attention. So hopefully that's a normal thought pattern for them by now, you know? Right. We would hope. And especially again, like we said, if last week caught you off guard, which I would hopefully believe that that wasn't the case. But I know not everybody understands whether or not everybody has, you know, a a smartphone or not. Everybody looks up a forecast on a daily basis, and that's totally fine. That's you. But Mm -hmm. like I said, after last week, if you weren't prepared last week, I hope you would at least be ready for this week. Right. Like if, you know, even if you, you know, hopefully it would have made you start checking now regularly and now see, okay, here we are. Here we go again kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, and I agree. Not everybody checks the weather. Not everybody follows different weather entities on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. I happen to follow every single one basically. (laughs) So I feel like I know what's going on everywhere, but I mean, like you said, hopefully this really woke you up and you're like, okay, I need to, 
have some sort of way to get notifications and get forecasts and be a little bit more prepared if you weren't already. Well, let me ask you kind of a random question here. When you see a high risk outlook issued, say, you know, 15%, right? That's what Mm -hmm. we're going to go with today for, you know, parts of the South. As a weather geek, do you see that and do you automatically expect something's going to happen? Tornado wise, hail wise, straight line wind wise? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I always think, yes, like this is going to be a significant event because you don't see high risks and, you know, enhanced risks issued often or moderates. Those are very extreme. The orange, red, purple, you don't see that frequently. And so when you do, then you know, okay, this is a big deal. This isn't just, Hey, there's going to be some tornadoes here and there and some hail here and there. This is, this is going to be a significant event. This is going to go on for the whole day overnight over a large area. Everyone needs to have their antennas up and be paying attention to what's going on. So yeah, I definitely think that when these moderate and high risks are issued, that it is going to be a pretty significant event for sure. When you see that, what type of tornadoes do you expect to see or would you expect to see? I would expect to see long track of varying intensities. Um, I wouldn't expect to see a whole lot of high end, but I would expect to see a few EF4s, maybe EF5 here and there, but I'm not, I, I still don't ever expect there to be just tons of those put down, you know, and even last week, I think total, there was 124 tornadoes. Most of those were one, two, and threes. And then just a little handful of them were fours. Most of those were all long track. And that I think is more of the big deal is that they're long track, regardless of intensity. And they're just, you know, across several counties, multiple towns, just plowing on through, whether it's a one, two, three, or four. So that's more what I think is long track with a few high end tornadoes. All right. Only, only reason why I'm posing that question to you is because when I see, you know, a 15%, you know, chance mm-hmm. for strong tornadoes, my immediate thought is, okay, always worst case scenario, right? You always want to forecast for the wor- worst case scenario, just in case. So people are mm-hmm. prepared. So when I see, you know, a high risk or a really high risk, or if they put out a PDS watcher warning, You know, Mm -hmm. my immediately thought is EF4, EF5. Yeah, definitely. And they did that last week and there, there weren't any EF5s and there was only, I really want to say it was three or four EF4s. So I think that the deal is they're saying that as this is as bad as it can get, like these ingredients are here, but it's always an uncertainty of exactly how many EF4s threes, fours are going to be put down, that kind of thing. And so I think it's really just a little bit of an overabundance of caution, but it's pretty spot on, if that makes sense. Well, I think anytime that you're trying to forecast a tornado or know that tornadoes are going to form and are likely to form, I think Mm -hmm. I'd rather have the overabundance of caution than not enough. Right, exactly. I completely agree. And if it was a normal situation in the country and there wasn't this pandemic going on, it's very possible that people would be out. They'd be out at the beach. They would be out golfing and doing all of this. And so that's why sounding the alarm a little bit would be really important is to be like, you know, you need 
to know when to leave these things and go home or not go do these at all because the the risk for a very significant situation is there, if that makes sense. No, it, it totally makes sense. And, you know, again, that's part of the reason why we're asking these questions. And I, I want to mm-hmm. get your, your answer on them because it is important to know what is happening. So, right. Um, you know, I just I, I look at these outlooks and I look at these discussions and I look at the things that, you know, the uh, Storm Prediction Center puts out. And it's all really, really good information. I just hope other people see it and other people relay it and are willing to communicate it because I think it is important. I think it does save lives. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, you know, some of the technical discussion that goes along with these outlooks is a little bit difficult to understand. And I think that's where the colors and the numbers come into play. On a scale of one to five, it's a four today. On a scale of light green to purple, it's a red. So it's a big deal. You know what I mean? So I think that's why they use the numbers and the colors to convey severity and impact. And I think that that's that's good. And I think, you know, like we always talk about that research on how to convey these messages is is constantly ongoing on what's the best way, what words and colors and numbers and things what do people react the most to and take the most serious so that's going to be always ongoing research but i think that's why they use that is it's simple it's a simple way to convey the craziness that could happen you know no there's no doubt about it um once we get through today's threat obviously it shifts a little bit east and then it kind of calms down for the most part but you and i both know that's only temporary so, right. you know, you look at forecasts going forward. We, again, will have another shot of reinforcing cold air come, come out of Canada. Um, for those of you guys that live in Denver, I'm sorry, because chances are you'll probably see one or two more shots of snow before all is said and done. But it's, you know, you look at the, the map this morning. There's not a whole lot happening weather-wise outside of the deep south, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that allows the Storm Prediction Center to focus on one area. And not have to focus on 50 states, you know what I mean? Because right. that's a lot. And so we want them to be able to focus on these folks in these areas that are under the gun today. So more power to the Storm Prediction Center because they this here comes their busy season right now, you know, where they are going to be going nonstop for the next several months. Yep. Once, you know, once it kind of kicks off. And again, you know, we, we said last week, you know, there's really no more true defining, you know, time period for storms across the U.S. You know, you get thunderstorms any time of year. Right. You start to see tornadoes now any time of year. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of what it is. But, you know, we're off and running. And, you know, we talk about all winter long. We can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. Well, guess what? (laughs) You know, we're done waiting. It's now time. (laughs) It's now time to go. Exactly. Kickoff is here. It's happened. It's going down. And and you're right. Like you said, it is, it can happen any time of year. This is just kind of that prime, prime time, basically. And it's that changing of the seasons. And so those air masses are clashing and that's why this is prime time. But for sure, any time of year, the craziness can happen. But yes, this is just kind of the centralized time. So. And, you know, it looks like storms, you know, will start to fire up again, you know, midweek, but. Mm-hmm. Oh. We look like we might have been in a severe weather threat at some point this week. That seems to have kind of died off right now. Um, hopefully that'll kind of come back, but yeah, nothing for Oklahoma yet. Still Not waiting. yet. Yeah. You know, 
day three, it looks like you guys might be in a marginal risk. Yeah. So day four through eight, you know, not a whole lot happening. But yeah, today is today is definitely the big day. So we yeah. wait to see what happens. We wait to see, you know, when the storms do form uh, tomorrow again across the eastern Atlantic, um, especially in the South Atlantic. So from, say, Washington, D.C., south down through Florida, that's kind of the bullseye. Um, mm-hmm. then once we turn our attention to Wednesday, not Wednesday, but gosh, I so I associate Sunday with my Monday, which I shouldn't do, but I just do anyways. <laughs> so day three, which is Tuesday. So again, back in the plains, you know, this is a marginal risk and then up along the East coast seaboard up North. So say from, uh, you know, Washington DC northward all the way up through Maine. Um, and then after that, we just kind of wait, but, uh, it's that time of year. It is finally yeah. that time of year. Yeah, but I'll tell you, marginal risk does nothing for me. I know. I know. <laughs> Bonnie only likes it when it gets into the enhanced. <laughs> I like color, okay? Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah dark no, I don't, dark I don't, green I don't. is boring. I get it. Yeah, it really is. And even slight is a little bit boring. Because <laughs> well, there's still not like a for sure. It's just kind of a little bit higher than a maybe you know what i mean right. that's how i feel like slight is so i really wait for oranges to pop up and then i'm like ooh. but i'm always watching not right. to say i'm not always watching and prepared to know what's going on i'm just saying you know well, my you hairs don't start to stand on end until right your oranges pop yeah. up orange red purple mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that point you know we're we're doing purple over. i don't sleep the night before because i'm like what's gonna happen because whoo you know, like that's, and we don't get the purple very often. That's just not. Right. That's very true. It, it yeah. is very rare. So again, storms are popping right now. Eastern yep. Texas into Arkansas, into Louisiana, starting to make their move now into Mississippi. Um, and, you know, it's, it's go time. We will start to see, you know, stuff going on. There's a mesoscale discussion that came out. There's a tornado, a possible tornado watch that could be issued for, parts of eastern texas and louisiana so we're waiting on that um but there's just so much happening right now where you're just like okay you know we're ready for it and so that tornado watch is out and now they've expanded a new one or maybe mm-hmm. this is the first one the tornado watch number 121 um which covers areas of louisiana and into mississippi so you know they're, what they're does the really... number signify i think it's just for the year Okay, that's what I was wondering is if it was it was like a yearly thing. I think so. And that's like a calendar year, so like since January 1? I believe so, yes. Uh, we'd have okay. to ask somebody wow. at SPC. I mean, you're only, what, 12 miles from You could drive down there, knock on the door, and be like, so, hey, quick question for you. <laughs> so I had a couple of questions here yeah. about some things. <laughs> yeah. Could you answer these for me? I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you think there's been 121 <laughs> tornado watches since January? Probably. I don't know. We can ask. Yeah, I think we need to. Okay. Because, well, I mean, that sounds possible, but it also sounds kind of like not. All right. Well, I'm in, I'm going to tweet right now to Evan Bentley from the Storm Prediction Center. He's a guy that I know from when he worked here in Portland at the uh, National Weather Service office. And you can follow us, by the way, on Twitter, at Weather Podcast. So here we go. All right. By the way, I have to uh, read you my tweet that I put out last night. I don't know if you saw it about the country reopening. No, I didn't see it. All right. Hey, Evan Bentley, question for you. The tornado watches that are issued have a number associated 
with them. Example, so far today, SPC has issued numbers 150 and number 151. What does that number mean? Okay. Was it 150 or was it 120? Uh, was it 120 or 150? It I don't was, know. Oh, it was 121. Yes, sorry. My bad. Thank you for that catch. See, this, That's is, what wishful thinking. this is what you can post <laughs> tweets live when you're doing a podcast. What does that number mean? Is it from a... What does that number mean? Okay, I'll just say what does, what does that number mean. All right, tweet. Boom. There you go. Boom. False on weather podcast. So really Sweet. quick, really quick. Let me let me read you this tweet that I put out yesterday. Someone just laid on the horn and flipped the bird to another driver. I've never been more excited for my country and mankind. First steps to reopening. Road rage is back. <laughs> you know, I don't know if road rage ever went away, really. You know, right. But I will say this. It was hilarious to watch this happen in a parking lot. <laughs> a parking lot. Wow. Uh-huh. That's sad. That it was sad. It really was. Uh, we have a new tornado warning that has just popped. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, Central Louisiana. Chris McBee, McBee Weather on Twitter was the one that uh, I saw this from. But um, there we Is go. Is that the first one of the day? I feel like I haven't seen one yet today. Uh, I think so. Tornado watch, no, Tornado warning for Grant. Um, Wind Parish in Louisiana. And I can't pronounce that one. So, yeah. Good times. Because it's French. Yes. Um. N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nat- natadocious? Nat- natadocious? Yeah. I don't know. I'm no, not no. even going to yeah, try. Like, I know how to say Natadocious, Texas. That's fine. This I don't know how to say. Yeah. I'm sure no, I don't And know. I know it's the same thing. I'm sure someone's just like, come on, Bobby. It's not that hard. Right. Uh, James Spann also just tweeted out, would not be surprised if winds topped 80 miles an hour in spots with this bow echo this morning. Um, that moved through Alabama, one of the nastiest I've seen, and came with temps and dew points in the low 50s. Stable air north uh, of the warm front. So, Yeah, I did see some pretty good storms in Alabama this morning. A few big structures, like, blown over yep, and some wind damage. And so that's, like we just said, wind can do just as much damage. So strap down your trampolines. Cool. Check this out. Evan retweeted. Evan just answered that. How cool is this? This is why I love this guy. Says we reiterate the numbers throughout the year. That is all. First of the year will be watch one, and then go from there. In some ways, you can compare how above or below normal uh, we are with watches by seeing uh, what date watch hundred was issued each year. Look at that! Wow. Okay, he's our new favorite because yeah. you answer a tweet while we're still recording. You are the bomb. Thank you so much. <laughs> so is that just any watch? So this is just. The 121st watch this issued was, this year, this whether the, it's... It's the 120th, 121st watch issued for this right. year. Right. Yeah. But not tornado-specific watch, just watch, whether it's winter storm, thunderstorm, whatever. Right? Yeah. No, no, tornado. I think it's just tornado watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let me... Wow. So they count all of them individually. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, so that this is specifically okay. a, a tornado watch 120 for the year so far. So thank you so that much. That seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot of tornado action already for the year. I mean, it is mid-April, I guess, but I just, you know, I don't right. know. That just seems like a lot. We're just an active country. There you go. Right. 
Boom. There it is. So. We need to bring him out. on the show. Oh, he'd be fantastic. He's a good dude, too. Um, I said thank you. So. <laughs> You're very polite. I said, thank you so much. We're taping a podcast in real time. I appreciate you getting back to us so quickly. Bobby in Oregon, Bonnie in Oklahoma. <laughs> come on the show. Yeah, come on the show, please. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> um, speaking of, by the way, the gentleman that won our um, animometer, we have not heard from yet. So Really? Yes. We need to, wow. uh, yeah, we need to uh, make sure that I, I'll send him another tweet here in a minute, but... Uh, you know, not that we have any rules or anything, because we don't, but, you know, if he doesn't respond after 90 days, <clears throat> I'm just saying we might have to do another contest, Bonnie. Yeah, right? I mean, or, like, yeah. pick somebody else who answered it. You know, right. like, I mean, we'll have to find something. We're not just going to hold this anemometer indefinitely. No, we won't, because then I'll want to start giving it away to somebody that I don't know. <laughs> Somebody on the street. Hey, I have this extra anemometer. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, here you go. You interested? All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy. All right, so let's see here. Um, what do you have coming up forecast-wise in Oklahoma City? Uh, big thing is we're going to be in the 70s and 80s this week instead of the, like, 40s and 50s with freezing temperatures overnight. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And like you said a little bit ago, it looked like we had some severe storm chances coming, and right now it's pretty low and marginal, so I'm just kind of like, meh. Maybe that'll change, though. That really happens all the time, that it's nothing, and then as you get closer, it turns into something. So hopefully that's the case. But, yeah, right now nothing super exciting. Well, hey, it's better than nothing. Um, True. Out here in Portland, we just came off a great week. It was beautiful most of the week. Temperatures were upper 60s. We even got close to 70. One day, I think we even hit 75, which was awesome. And wow. then all of a sudden, flip the switch. Here comes the rain. Temperatures drop, come crashing down. We don't get above 55. So, you know, a little bit of change. Today, <clears throat> once the clouds start to burn off, uh, we should be in the lower 60s. Temperature starts to ramp back up again, and then until Wednesday, then comes the rain again, starts to dampen us out, and it looks like once we get back into this rainy period, we're going to be there for a while. So temperature is 65 to 70, nice for a while, and then Wednesday comes crashing back down. Well, that sounds like typical northwest oh, yeah. country is. It's always rainy and it's foggy. Not a, it's and... not always rainy and foggy. Trust me, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like it is. Bonnie, it's 85 in the summer with no humidity. Oh, wow. That sounds nice. It's amazing. It is amazing. We're like 190 with humidity in the <laughs> summer here. And yet no storms, <laughs> and that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's because it's too hot. It's just heat. It's just heat and humidity, sometimes wind, and and we're all just slowly frying. That's right. what we do. All right, now here, here's the question. If you could end COVID-19 by punching one of your best friends in the face, which friend are you punching? <laughs> this is recorded, so I'm not going to say. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, the other one I love is if you could annex one state from the United States, why would you choose Florida? Or insert any 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 state there, but... <laughs> Somebody posted something so good, and I don't even know how they thought of this, but they pulled an old gif from a Bugs Bunny cartoon of him sawing off Florida. Oh, I've seen it. It's fantastic. It was so good. I was like, whoever remembered that from a Bugs Bunny cartoon and then found the gift and gif and posted it right. wins. Oh, totally. Hands down. 
It was so good. And it was just like, it was just so good. See, that's what I'm talking about. People learn the hard way right there. Florida is the last one to close, first one to open. Look, we don't need to get into it. Power to you, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm all, I'm all for reopening when done safely, but stay off the damn beach. That's all I'm going to say. Just stay, stay away from the beach. Seeing the pictures this week of people flocking to it, again, I understand because deep down yeah. in my soul, I want warm weather. I want to be on the Florida coast. I want to, you know, enjoy that. But but it's just one right season. Now. It's not like indefinitely till the end of time. Right. We're all right. stuck in our house. But it's I think just a, a lot of people don't little, realize that. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's because people are dramatic. Yes, we and are. extreme. It's the extreme. <laughs> So they're like, we're closing for a couple of months. That must mean we're closing until I turn 80 years old. Like, no, it's okay. It's right. just a little bit. But I get it. Cabin fever sets in, and you're like, I need to get out of this house before I freak out. Like, I get it. Right. And, I, and listen, I will say that I've had some of that this week. And, you know, I'm working. I hate to say that I'm essential, which I, I just ugh, it drives me nuts. But, you know, I still go to work three or four days a week, and that's fine. But I just get tired of not doing the other things I want to do. Right. So, you know, you know just... and we, we can still eat out and take out, but I like going to the restaurant. You know, I don't like having to stand in line outside of target because they're only letting a few people in at a time. Right. But you know, we just kind of adapt and things will go back to normal, but for now, just make it work. Right. Speaking of target, have you seen the thing going around Twitter and Facebook about how to solve reopening the economy? No. You put a bar in Target, so the wife goes for four hours, the husband goes to the bar, boom. That's so good. Economy That's recovers so good. very quickly. And it's so true, because I will go into Target and be like, I am getting these two things, and I will come out <laughs> with 45 things. It happens. And, I mean, I don't know why, but that's, I mean, I can't deny it, so I have a problem. Right. Um, and I, I think, you know... From that aspect, we we do want this to to reopen. We do want to go about safely because we do not want, you know, to have a spike and have to do this again. So let's just, you know, listen to scientists, listen to the data. The data will tell us, you know, hopefully when we can reopen and let's just follow those guidelines. But um, you had mentioned something to me that I wasn't aware of. And now now I see that when I look through the uh, AP today. But uh, today is the 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. Yes. Um, that was a crazy day. I was three years old, going to be four in a couple of weeks. So it is, um, I can't believe it's been 25 years. That's crazy. But yes, uh, that's, that's where we're at. 25 years since one of the worst tragedies here that wasn't tornado related. Right. And, um, usually they hold a big ceremony. There's a huge museum, um, downtown. It's really beautiful really well done and they usually have a ceremony and there's also like a, a marathon that's run downtown as well and of course because of what's going on they they didn't do that this year so that's kind of a bummer but it doesn't mean we don't remember right um and the ap photo that i'm looking at here says 25 years ago a truck bomb destroyed the alfred p murrah federal building oklahoma city killing 168 people um you said you were three, almost four. I want to say, gosh, in 19, when was it? 25 years ago. I'm, I'm terrible at doing math today. So 1995, right? Yeah. So I would have been 14 years old. Um, I remember the day pretty vividly. My brother had a little league game at Raleigh Hills Elementary, 
and this was the story of the day, and everybody was talking about it, and it was all over the news, and we had talked about it at school, but um, just, you know, you go back and you look at old pictures and video of this event, and I mean, you said it best, your mom said that she felt the ground shake, and you guys Mm -hmm. weren't in Oklahoma City proper at the time. So, um, we, we lived in Oklahoma city, but we lived on the far West gotcha. side. Okay. So, but still to fill it across the entire County and, you know, down right. into more and stuff like that. Like it was, it was pretty significant. I, I don't remember it. I don't remember feeling it. I don't remember news coverage of it, but you know, I was like four years old, so I, w- I didn't care about the news. Right. Um, and there are some really good documentaries if you are into news stuff like I am. And I know Bonnie is a little bit not to my nerd level, and that's fine. But um, <laughs> there are some really good documentaries on Netflix about the Oklahoma City bombing <clears throat> and yes. how they found Terry McVeigh and how that whole thing kind of unfolded. And it was really interesting to find out that they basically found him when they pulled him over because of a busted taillight. Yeah. Exp- and so... You know, you just you're like, okay, it's little things like that. You know, you want to break in the case. We should do a true a to a true crime podcast, too. But <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. But it again, I mean, it comes down to just like stuff like that. A cop sees a, a busted taillight. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's pull you over. And then, oh, my gosh, this is the guy that we're looking for. And, and honestly, I don't even uh, the cops that do this and that have the training and the, you know, Right. skills to do this i'm super impressed why um but yeah there are a couple of good documentaries there's one on there that's very scary about timothy mcveigh and his past and like oh it's creepy 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 but um definitely worth a watch if you're interested in yep. some central oklahoma history so again 25 years ago that was uh that was what happened so um remembering it and you know we're moving forward and we will go from there yeah yeah, you know, and the the hashtag is we remember, and it's true, we do, we, we remember and we'll never forget, and, you know, one thing we'll never forget is that there was a daycare in that building, and there was a lot of little kids and babies that yep. Yep. that lost their life in that, so that's really rough. That was, it that, was messed up. He's a disturbed dude. Absolutely, so. absolutely, and you know what? Justice system did what it needed to do, and yep. that's all we will say about that. But yep. uh, another really good addition to B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Again, if you are in the South, we will be watching storms with you. We will be on Twitter today. Bonnie will probably be on her account, Bonster7. I'll be on ours, uh, at Weather Podcast and mine. Um, and I can check it frequently as I'm at work today. But just please stay safe, guys. Have a plan in place. Know where you're going to go. Know what you're going to do. Just make sure you take care of those of yourself and those of you uh, and those around you. Gosh, I can't talk all of a sudden. Um, <sighs> getting choked up here thinking about it. But uh, just be safe. We want you guys yeah. to, you know, be safe, be smart, do what you need to do, but, you know, be prepared. Absolutely. So, yeah, keep, you know, checking our Twitter because, like you said, we'll be retweeting everything and then um, check in with your local news stations as well throughout the day. Yep. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. And if it does get super serious again, maybe we'll do another midweek edition of B squared, but, um, thinking of for you guys, uh, we'll be watching the skies with you, but, uh, please stay safe. Yes. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.